Welcome to the Sports and Entertainment Podcast, brought to you by MarketScale. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin. The evolution of sports over the years is an interesting one to see. With baseball, you've had rule changes and expansions from 16 to 30 teams moving westward, but the fundamental core of the game has been unchanged for almost 100 years. Do you think maybe it's due for a change? Here to give us a look at the changing nature of baseball and what fans are really looking for in the game is Jesse Cole, owner of Fans First Entertainment and the Savannah Bananas. Jesse, how are you doing today? Outstanding. Excited to talk with you. I'm really excited to talk about the nature of sports promotions, especially in baseball. Now, I know that you manage a team in Georgia called the Savannah Bananas, and the history of baseball in Savannah isn't the brightest. So could you give our listeners sort of a a history of what baseball was like for almost 100 years in that area? Yeah, I mean, Savannah has a a rich baseball history. I mean, they've had a stadium, Grayson Stadium, built in 1926, and Babe Ruth and Mickey Mantle, Ted Williams, Hank Aaron, some of the best players to ever play baseball played at that stadium. And they hosted minor league baseball for over 90 years. But for some reason, minor league baseball just never drew crowds in Savannah. The former minor league teams, the Savannah Sand Nats, Savannah Cardinals, Savannah Braves, were the lowest in the league in attendance. And so bad that in 2015, the former minor league team that was there said, we can't succeed at this old Grayson Stadium. We can't succeed in Savannah without getting a brand new stadium. And the city balked at that and said, we can't build a $38 million new stadium. So they left because of a lack of support in Savannah. And it goes more to the fundamental issue of, you know, lack of support for baseball, which, you know, I was fortunate to see over 11 years ago when I first jumped into the business with a small team in Gastonia, North Carolina, that I saw it coming. I saw the challenges with baseball. And unfortunately, the former team didn't see that, but uh, it was a perfect opportunity for us to come in. Yeah. So... You mentioned, you know, some of the fundamental issues with the game in general. What do you think went wrong for those minor league teams in Savannah? You know, as our attention spans are getting shorter and we are looking for things to do and always, you know, on our phones and video games and running around and doing different things, baseball has remained the same. Over 100 years, it stayed the same game over three hours long. And for many, baseball is too slow, too long and too boring. And as an owner of the team and a person who played baseball, I loved playing it. But as soon as I had to watch it, I felt the same way. And if I was a baseball guy and I couldn't watch a three-hour baseball game, I knew the fans needed something else. Unfortunately, those teams that were there, a lot of minor league teams, they are still focused on the wins and losses. They're playing the wrong game. And we realized when we came into Gastonia back 11 years ago, and the team was the lowest attended team in the country, less than 200 fans a game, and the team was actually winning baseball games, that we needed to make it about all about entertainment. And I always ask this question, but what business are you in? But what business are you really in? And we aren't in the baseball business. We are in the entertainment business, the experience business, and most importantly, the people business. And you got to follow your fans. And fans want fun. They want entertainment. They want a nonstop experience at the ballpark. And that's what we realized we had to give. And that former team who I was able to watch some of the games before we decided to bring a team to Savannah, there were no promotions. It was all about baseball. And it was just kind of a a yawn experience. You would sit there and, you know, hope something good happened in a baseball game. And Savannah didn't, you know, respond to that over 90 years. They didn't respond to that. So we knew we had to be the exact opposite. And one of my big premises that I talk in my book, Find Your Yellow Tux, How to Be Successful by Standing Out is whatever's normal, do the exact opposite. 
and most people are still playing the game of baseball and focusing on promoting that, we're focused on promoting the entertainment and the experience. You mentioned that baseball hasn't changed much in over, you know, 100 years. And I feel like baseball, there's sort of an integral tradition to that sport that doesn't exist in a lot of other sports. There's just something about it that feels timeless and there's such a rich history around the sport. Do you feel like the mentality of trying to change the game will appeal to diehard fans that follow MLB teams, you know, daily, watching the Cardinals every day? Like, do you think they are happy with the experience they're getting? Or, I mean, do you think these diehard fans are looking for a change? Well, this is going to sound insensitive, but I'm not focused on diehard fans. The reality is I'm focused on everyone else. You know, there was a point where there were so many diehard fans that baseball was the only sport and everyone was coming to it. That's a whole different game, a whole different time. When I first said, we're going to have players doing choreographed dances, we're going to have a break dancing first pace coach at our games, a senior citizen dance team called the Banana Nanas, a pep band of 30 people playing during our games. I wasn't focused on the baseball traditionalists. I was focused on people wanting to come have fun. Our goal is to make baseball fun and to make baseball fans out of people. And if you focus solely on the traditionalists, the way it's always been done, you're going to die. The average age of a baseball fan is now creeping into their 60s. Little League participation is down dramatically. And an ESPN just did a recent study, and they asked kids who their favorite athletes were. And out of the top 30 athletes, there were zero baseball players. There's a problem with baseball. And if you try to do things the way they've always been done or focus on traditionalists, you're going to die. I mean, there was used to be an experience, the Blockbuster experience. Everyone talked about the tradition of going to Blockbuster on a Friday night. You need to evolve. Netflix was where everyone was going. And that's where I'm going and where we're trying to get baseball to go and to focus on those non-baseball fans. Daniel, when someone says, I don't love baseball, I say, perfect, you'll love our games. You'll love our shows because that's who we're attracting. So I don't think about the traditionalists. If I can have 4,000 people come out every night and have the time of their life and enjoy the show, do I care that they know that there was a hit and run in the third inning, that there was a huge squeeze play? No, they came out and had fun for two or three hours. That's what I believe is most important. I love that. You know, I'm all about change. I'm all about trying new things. And I personally, I'm on the same boat as you. I was really never into watching baseball. I went to maybe two baseball games when I was a kid and I couldn't stay past like the fifth or sixth inning. It was just, it was too long. It was too much for me. And, you know, and that was coming from a family that wasn't particularly baseball rich. And so you're right. I mean, there is such an audience of people that are turned off to the sport, I think, because of the length, because of the traditions, because it hasn't changed and tried to be innovative and new. And so it's really interesting to see that that you're trying this. Well, let me ask you this question. When was the last time you went to a movie or a concert and you left in the middle of it? Or you go to a comedian or you go to some type of show and you leave in the middle of it. You go to Cirque du Soleil and you leave in the middle of it. You don't. Here's what's crazy. You know, we sold out every game the last two years. There's a wait list in the thousands. And literally, there's scalpers outside of our games trying to sell. This is college summer baseball. For the listeners, we're not minor league. We are the lowest level of baseball, college summer baseball. Yet, there's a wait list. The games sell out. And here's what I'm saying. By the sixth or seventh inning, the crowd thins out. We go from literally not being able to get a ticket and people fighting to get tickets to by the end of the game, sometimes having half or less of the crowd there. I make this comparison a lot, but we're like a hot dog stand. We are amazing at the condiments right now. The relish, the ketchup, the mustard. We are putting on an unbelievable show. But the hot dog still needs work. And the hot dog is baseball. If we can sell out every single game and people can't even get tickets, yet they're still leaving early, 
Does that not say there's a huge fundamental problem with the game of baseball? Yeah, that's really interesting that you say that. There has to be something that can change within the actual game itself. So what what do you see that change being? How do you think baseball can evolve to where, like you said, the extra add-ons that make the Savannah Bananas interesting and that people want to go see you know, every time that you play, what can make them stay? What about the game do you think has room to change? So let's forget about traditionalists for a second. Does the average person care if they play nine innings, eight innings, seven innings? Is that, do you think there's an actual, oh, geez, no, it has to be nine innings. Do people care? And here's what we find out. Every night, our game started at seven o'clock. Every night, my president and I take pictures of the crowd at nine o'clock. And we realize we're pretty much still full. By 9.30, we lose about a third. By 10 o'clock, close to a half. It's that two-hour time limit. I don't care what's done. I'm telling you, it's not little tiny things like less pitching changes and intentional walk and different little things that Major League Baseball is trying that may take away four or five minutes. It's big changes. But how can you get the game to be two hours? Because I'll tell you, if you look, if you're there at 830 and you say, hey, the game's going to be done by nine, you're probably going to stay. But if you're there at 830, you've already been there for two hours. You came in pregame and you're like, we got another hour and a half left. You're not going to stay. And especially if you're with a family. So I think you understand what is that metric you're looking for? And I'm targeting two hours. And maybe it's by less innings. Maybe it's by some other dramatic changes where you don't just say you're going to do something and it's, you know, takes away two minutes. We're talking about taking away five, 10, 15, 20 minutes. I mean, right now, half innings uh, in between innings can be almost two minutes. Why can't in between innings be one minute? You take away that right there, you're talking another 18 minutes taken away based on nine innings. So there's changes that need to be happening. I've written down a lot of these, but I think that the main goal is how do you get baseball to be two hours or less? I feel like most other sports aim for that two-hour limit anyways. I mean, even something like soccer, which moves relatively slowly. I mean, you have 45 minutes, you have maybe a half hour of break in between and then another 45 minutes. You can guarantee that that game's going to be done in about two hours. And so, yeah, I, I feel like a two-hour time limit isn't unreasonable. Yeah, we need to get over the feel of this is the way it's always been done. And I think that's the challenge, Daniel, with most businesses. You know, that's not how it's been done here. That's not the way it's always been done. We've done it this way. You know, whenever you say that, immediately question yourself. Because I'll tell you, the Circuit Cities, the Toys R Uses, the Radio Shacks, the Sears, the Blockbusters, they were all saying the same thing. And now they're in the business cemetery. Baseball so many times says, oh, no, we can't change the traditions. Well, if they're not changing, they're not going to bring in new fans. And every day, their fan base is getting older and older. So my goal is I want to make baseball fun and dramatically change the game of baseball. And, you know, we're going to keep experimenting and trying new things in the years to come because there's nothing like seeing a sold out crowd of people having fun. Not people. If you watch a baseball game on TV and you see people on their phones, I mean, look, sometimes watch a game and look behind home plate. There's only a small percentage of people actually watching the game. That's crazy to me. So what do we need to do to make it so they're engaged and they're having fun? And then when they leave, they're like, I can't wait to come back. Not, oh, it was a good time. It was a good time. You know, it was a little long, but it was a good time. You want to have that great emotional connection. Yeah, absolutely. So transitioning more towards being an owner in this kind of business, how do you, owning the Savannah Bananas and Fans First Entertainment, try to change the mindset? How do you promote your team and, you know, what are some of your tips and tricks to get people to change their minds? 
and I talk about this in the book, I call it a mirror moment. Every business, every industry, whether you're in sports, whether you need to have a mirror moment. And what I say by this is it's when you look in the mirror and say, what frustrates people about the industry that you're in? What frustrates people about your business? And put yourself in your customer's shoes when you do that. So for us, what I realized that baseball was long, slow, and boring. And then second, when you go to a ballpark, what happens most times or arena? You get nickel and dimed. You know, for instance, you go tickets, 15, 20 bucks. Then you buy a beer at seven bucks, a hot dog's five bucks, a soda's six bucks. And if you have a family at the end of the night, you get nickel and dimed. That frustrated me about going to sporting events. So what did we do? We made all of our tickets, all you can eat. Includes all your hot dogs, burgers, chicken sandwiches, soda, water, popcorn, and dessert, and your ticket for $15 total. So now when you go to the ballpark, you're not worried about nickel and dime. When you want a soda, you get a soda. When you want a hot dog, you get a hot dog. And you're not pulling money out of your pocket. So that was the first thing we did to try to change the experience. And it started with that mirror moment and the friction point. The other one, like I said, is that baseball is too long, too slow, and too boring. So we have a director of fun. We hire, we hire performers. We have dancers. We have singers. We have, like I said, a pep band of 30 people playing when people come to the stadium. We have our players at the gate handing out programs and meeting the fans. Our players pass out roses to little girls in the middle of the crowd. We actually this year even have our players go on dates with fans and do slow dancing in the stands. It's crazy. It's ridiculous. But you never know what's going to happen. I mean, we have porta johns coming out to the ballpark tomorrow because we give away porta johns during our games. We've given away colon cleansings. I mean, our first base coach, like I said, does actually the thriller dance in the middle of the game, and then he gives a signal. It's crazy. But at, during the games, you're constantly watching entertainment. And if the baseball game is slow, if our pitchers are walking, guys, we have ways to continually entertain you and have fun. Here's the crazy thing. At our ballpark that was built in 1926, we don't even have a video board. I believe a lot of teams, they rely on their video board for entertainment. They say, all right, let's now look at the video board for this type of show, promotion, video. We don't use that. We challenge ourselves to make people escape technology and actually give them the emotional connection of having fun and getting our whole crowd passing or passing six foot inflatable monkeys through the crowd and having monkey races and literally having people pied in the middle of the stands. It's a nonstop show. So we hit those two friction points. We took away that it was slow, long and boring and made it nonstop fun and entertainment. And we eliminated the fact that you get nickel and dimed at a ballpark. You put those two and two together. That's where I think the experience needs to go in the future. Wow. I mean, those are fundamental changes. But the fact that you're seeing success from them means that, you know, the traditionalists shouldn't scoff at it. It's working. And imagine an experience like that on a minor league level or on, I mean, a major league level, that would be crazy. I mean, baseball would become such a show. It would be so fun. I'd be excited for something like that. Well, thank you. And again, you know, we've learned a lot. It's been 11 years and I'm remiss not to share that. Oh, three years ago, my wife and I had to sell our house. We had to empty out our savings account and we had to go all in. We were down to our last few dollars because no one actually took us seriously before we became the Savannah Bananas. We didn't create attention. You know, I've gone months without paying myself. So I've had lots of challenges. It's what we've seen. And, you know, I think we believe in a concept, do and then learn. And we just try things. We're constantly trying things. Stop thinking and start doing. And, you know, one of the things you mentioned, major league or minor league, often teams treat their players as that you can't touch them. They're these unbelievably professional players. Well, you know what? I don't think people get excited about professional. The reality, it's like, oh, honey, I, I met the most professional person today. I, I, you know, I had the most professional business I worked with. People want real. And so what we do is we give the players to the crowd. 
we have our players in the in the grandstands during the game, interacting with fans, and like I said, dancing and passing out roses and doing videos and promotions. I mean, our players have done conga lines through the crowd. Our players have done limbo. I know it's crazy, but here's the here's the wild thing. People are like, oh, your players can't do that. Well, why not? And it's proven that when your players are having fun, or your business associates, or your colleagues, or anybody's having fun, they will be more productive and more successful. It's based on the happiness advantage concept by Sean Aker. And they found that people that are happier, they are more successful. Our players are so happy, so having so much fun in front of 4,000 fans every night, that our first year we won the championship. Our second year, we, we had the most wins uh, at home more than any other team, the best winning percentage. And then this year we just started, we had the best record in the league. We may not have the most talented players, but they're having more fun than anybody. And that's why it actually works. So, I mean, again, it's taken a lot of trials, a lot of tribulations, a lot of nights sleeping on an airbed, but we keep experimenting. And by having our players be a part of the show, it's unbelievable what happens to our culture and the experience for the fans. And I love that what the core of your ownership and management style is, the culture, is building you know, a, a foundation for not only your players to enjoy themselves, but it, it's it's like human-centered design. This is something that I've now talked about twice on two different industry podcasts. It was Pro-AV and uh, Healthcare, and people came on and they said that what's really changing their industry is human-centered design, is putting the user first. And so it's that whole mentality of providing a personalized experience to whoever your user is. And so in your business, it's providing that experience for the fan. And so I I think that culture is really changing a lot of how businesses manage themselves and, you know, how they look to to change and innovate. Well, and Daniel, here's here's the secret. It's very simple. And I think most companies, they have a mission statement that's long or they don't have it or their company or all their employees don't know it. Our company name is Fans First Entertainment. Our mission is Fans First Entertain Always. But here's the secret that a lot of people don't know. Well, it's like, all right, you're all about the fans. Well, who are our biggest fans? Our biggest fans are employees, the people that are so passionate about what they do that they wear the bananas merchandise everywhere. Our fans are our players that come in and are part of this organization. And we actually love our employees more than we love our customers. And because that demonstrates the love to the customers. So everything we look at is fans first, really internally means our people. So we take care of them. We treat them. We give them the best experience that we can. We make sure they feel part of something, that they belong, that they have a bigger purpose. And then they focus on creating those fans first moments for all of our customers and our guests and our fans that come out to the ballpark. So it's an inverted way if we look at it. Most people would say, oh, you're fans first. You focus on the fans. You better believe it. But I focus on our super fans first, our diehard fans, which are our own people and our players. And then they go all out on delivering that great, great customer experience. So we, we've simplified that. And we say we want we believe we can provide the best fan experience in the world for both our customers and our employees. And that's what we believe. I, I love that total culture shift, making sure that if your employees are having fun, the fans are going to see it. And in essence, you know, they're going to absorb some of that and they're going to want to participate in the fun. It's contagious. Yeah, it, it is contagious. It's like it's FOMO, you know, fear of missing out. It's like when you see the people involved having a fabulous time and everything they're doing, if it, even if it is ridiculous, it's like, you know, they they can't 
help but want to participate because you see the people doing it having fun. And it's like, ooh, I want to be a part of that. So I, I really think that culture is something that people in every industry and in every business can learn from and apply. And I'm not afraid to, uh, to, to admit it and share this. Like, we get to the stadium on a game night. Everyone's at the ballpark at 8 a.m. All right, they're at 8 a.m. The game goes till 10, 10.30, like we said, too long. Then we're cleaning up the stadium and we meet around midnight and talk about the fans' first moments and the great moments of the night. Everyone shares positive stories. Here's the crazy thing. Almost every one of our games so far, the staff will stay hanging out, having fun, talk, telling stories till 2, 3, and even last game till 4 in the morning. After being there at 8 a.m., if you can't say that's something that we're having fun, we're enjoying it, I mean, that, that's what matters most. And I have those moments at 1 o'clock in the morning, 2 in the morning, sharing stories with our people. Oh, there's no better moment. And I think that's why the next day when we get back up at 8 a.m. and deliver it again, that's why we're able to have so much passion and purpose and also just have fun. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I mean, if, if the people involved are having fun, you can't help but, but want to join in. So, Jesse, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and giving us your take on sports promotions and how to change the culture around something that has a deep tradition, but, you know, finding ways to innovate and finding ways to change and draw new people into the sport. No, thank you. It was a pleasure. And anytime there's a forum to talk about people being different and standing out and just look at things in a different lens, I think it's amazing because that, that's what actually gives purpose and can make things happen. So I appreciate the forum and the platform to share. And thank you, everyone, for listening to today's podcast. And if you'd like to find out more or listen to previous episodes, you can head to marketscale.com industries and subscribe to articles, podcasts, and video content from your favorite industries. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin. Till next time. 